Welcome back to the All Things Sports Podcast. I'm your co-host, Small Town EP. It's been three days since Halloween, and as I walk around, a lot of you haven't taken off your masks yet. June, how many clowns did you see in New York this week? Well, there's like 1.7 billion people around on the island, so <laughs> you know the number's quite high. Oh, man. Hey, man, lots to get to, so uh, as they say, let's get to it, man. The stars at night in Texas are as bright as ever, and the North Star has been renamed Corey Seager. For the first time in franchise history, the Texas Rangers are World Series champions. How improbable. Like, if you could use one word to describe the Rangers' pennant run, June, what would that word be and why? I'd go with resilient. And honestly, I apologize. This is fucking phone ringing in the background. But um, I use resiliency. I think that the Rangers' run this year has, has been up and down. You know, they they were strong at one point. Then they fell out of contention for a little bit. And it looked like, you know, they they let the season slip away from them. But, uh, you know, with, with big-time players stepping up in big moments uh, and then trade deadline acquisitions, it kind of just took them exactly where they needed to be. They, they This team didn't lose one game on the road in the whole postseason. Like, that's amazing. I mean, I, I told you that's a championship formula right there. I mean, to not to go, what was it, 11 and 0 on the road? And I mean, shout out to Nate Evaldi, man. Nasty Nate, as you call him. 5 and 0 in the postseason. They won by five in that last game. So, I mean, that's if that's not symbolic, I don't know what else is, man. And and what do you make of them not needing Adolis or Scherzer, really, throughout this post? Well, Adolis, yes, but Scherzer, no. But throughout this postseason, especially at the end of the World Series, um, what kind of what kind of extra what do you think like value that does that add to this pennant run? I mean, it's a lot. There's nothing to discredit here, you know, in this pennant run. Uh, this team got it out the mud. They deserve the win. They they you know they won in five. Um, I think Adolis going down was was alarming for me. I think that was game two uh, after he hit the walk off. I think game three he got hurt. Uh, sorry. So it was it was surprising because. I didn't know where they would have that spark. Not to say their offense wouldn't, you know, be dangerous or anything of that, but he was the guy that, you know, in the middle of the lineup, you didn't want to pitch to him because you knew what was coming. And you knew that, you know, he can get a game going uh, as early as the first inning. So with him going down, I thought, you know, Diamondbacks had a really strong chance to capitalize on that. The Scherzer thing. I, you know, he 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 didn't really – he was hurt a lot of this season in general, and that pitching staff did a great job with and without him. Um, special credits to two-time champion Nathan Navoldi, like you said. Uh, and shout to Corey Seager, bro. When you got a guy like Corey Seager on your team, your team can go far. That is a championship pedigree player, two World Series, two World Series MVPs, all before the age of 30. Come on. And, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I got to – walk a couple of things back. One that I said on live on the pod and one that I said to the group chat one, I mean, just doubting the Texas Rangers in general. I mean, now I got it, you know, hindsight is always twenty twenty, I guess, but I mean, I don't know how in what reality that thought crossed my mind. And the other one was um, the other day when they announced Adolis and Scherzer out, I said, ooh, this, this kind of makes the series a little interesting, even after this, you know, atrocious bullpen game that Arizona just displayed. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Marcus Simeon, I got to walk those words back too. I told, I was like, yo, this boy's batting 197 in the postseason. And he said, what? All right, say less. I'm going to come clutch when it matters. And 
that's exactly what he did. Those home runs that he hit and those runs that he put on base, a big factor in 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 this, you know, in closing out this pennant run. Yeah. Also to that point, Simeon, Simeon was a guy. I'm gonna stand on what I said. Like when I'm wrong, I'll stand on it, and when I'm right, I'm a, I'm gonna stand on it. So like I was, I was right in the sense that I knew this Rangers team had a good team. They they were able to make a deep run. I didn't know how far they were gonna go this year. I didn't think they were gonna win the World Series. As we saw, you know, I mean, MLB is stacked with talent. Like the Dodgers, teams like the Braves, the Rays, those guys, you know, all ahead. Even the hype from the Yankees that they get every year um, was, was a little more, you know, um, you you would think they would win before <laughs> a team like Texas. But they put it all together. And I think a key, key, key component that we haven't mentioned yet is manager Bruce Bochy. I mean, this is his fourth mm-hmm. World Series ring. And it's not for no reason this guy knows how to manage a baseball team he knows how to put players in their best positions to uh you know win and um man to to just going back to game five in arizona zach gallon is pitching the best game of his career backs on the wall and he's going no hitter through six innings versus this texas rangers team who seemingly hits home run after home run every single game so it was a valiant effort you got to give credit and it's just a little uh it's just a little crazy to think that that game got blown out of the water late in the seventh or so or in the sixth and the seventh and this was a no hitter in favor of the team that was trying to you know, continue winning in this World Series. And, hey, man, like you said, Corey Sear and Marcus Simeon, they clutched up when they needed to. And um, you got to shout out the Diamondbacks, too. You Nobody thought this Diamondbacks team was going to make it to the World Series when they got in the playoffs. And a lot of people didn't think they'd make the playoffs even. So credit to them, credit to the guys over there. Um, we're going to see Texas, we're going to see Arizona back in these positions for years to come. Absolutely, absolutely. And Texas outscored Arizona 19-8. to in those last three games and no doubt, like I said earlier, that's a championship formula right there, man. Hey, June, you know, we call you Mr. Heat in five. And through five games of the season, the Heat are one in four, including giving up a 16 point lead in Brooklyn. I, I know, you know, you stand on a lot, especially it's, it's the Heat culture. What have, what have you seen this year so far this season? I know it's early, but what have you seen that, that concerns you with this, uh, with this Heat team right now? I just think, mind you, Tyler Hill is scoring damn near 30 a game right now. <laughs> and that that be the issue. <laughs> when he balling out like that, that means we're not playing our best basketball. Um, and I love to see Tyler ball out and prove his haters wrong. Tyler's one of the best scorers in this league. We know that. Um, but this team doesn't have necessarily, like, its identity right now. I don't know that guys have found their roles um, and – you know, it's a different team from last year. We went on a deep postseason run, went to the finals last year with uh, a certain group of guys. And some of those guys, not all of them, but some of them and, and some key components are not here now. So uh, how do you adjust? You know, it's five games in. The in-season tournament starts tonight, actually. Um, and, and we'll see how, how tournament fair plays out and if they're going to, like, turn it up or notch now that they're playing for something in this regular season tournament. But... You know, the offense looks lost right now, and and, and I'll say this. It looks like through five games, we wish we had Damian Lillard. And I'm just, I, I'll just I'll leave it there. Um, it's, it, it is five games, super sample size. I don't even like to 
critique and analyze and do too much on basketball until at least 15 games, even 20, but 15, you'll know like what kind of team you have out there. Five games, it's not enough. Um, but nonetheless, I'm excited. Heat basketball is back. Mr. Five, Mr. Heat and Five, you know, will be will be uh, loud and proud all season. There it is. There it is. Hey, man, let's move it over to the West Coast. Um, Lakers Clippers gave us another another thriller. Um, I know the Clippers were, if I'm not mistaken, they had won the last good amount, if not handful and a half of games against the Lakers. Yeah. Um, and, and an overtime thriller, the Lakers come back and win it. Hey, but listen, the series has been close in the last couple of years. It used to be a Lakers town. You know, slowly it's been evening out. And some would even say it's, you know, a little more of a Clippers town than it is a Lakers town these days. Should the West feel like they've been put on notice with the arrival of James Harden at the Crypto.com arena? I mean, shout out to the Lakers, one, for <laughs> finally winning. Like, that Lakers-Clippers <laughs> thing was never a thing. Obviously, Kawhi, Kawhi, uh, Kawhi Leonard, and Paul George changed the scene, you know, in, in L.A. For, for the regular season, at least, for what it's worth. But um, it was good to see the Lakers kind of, you know, take back the reins on on that on that uh, rivalry there, um, in-town rivalry. And, and LeBron James, I mean, was that the best performance we've seen LeBron in the regular season in the last five years? You know what I mean? Like, the man showed that in his 21st year, 39 years old, he is, in fact, not human. And he continues to prove <laughs> us, uh, prove that to us every day. But James Harden going to the Clippers, I don't think – what was your what was your phrase specifically? Should, be put, should, should the West be put on, on notice? notice? I don't think that the league should be put on notice for any James Harden news. And I also don't think the league should be put on notice when we're talking about the Clippers. So, no. Um, I do think, however, this is going to be a good – fit for James Harden. I think they will figure out a way to make it work. It's promising to hear Kawhi Leonard say he wants to play all 82 games, which bullshit, but it's good to hear. You know what I'm saying? Like bullshit. There. Paul George has come into the season and started off where he left off last year and in and, and, and full speed, but they're going to have a lot of kinks to work out. James Harden is going to take his time to figure out, you know, uh, how guys are going to respect him in the locker room and see what he's allowed to do. He made comments about his prior stop in Philly where he, he said basically like they had him on a leash and then further clarified those comments. And that's where we got the quote where, you know, I'm not a system player. I am the system. I'm the system. And that's yeah. that Jay-Z shit right there. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at that one bit because if you as a, as a, all NBA, Hall of Fame level, multi all-star, perennial all-star type of player, you know, are still in your prime or, you know, toward the end of it, you should feel that way. A guy like James Harden who has left his impact on this league for the last 10 years should feel this way. Like, a lot of people play with his name. He's been unhealthy, right? He's dealt with a lot of drama. He barely played when he was with the Nets. Through all that, last year he was with Philly, averaged 26 and 11, snub for the All-Star game, and put up All-Star numbers. I don't, I, you know, like, took his team to the playoffs, lost to Boston in seven. I, I'm not saying James Harden is the best player in the NBA, top five point guard. But what I'm saying is James Harden is still him. He's still a All-Star level player in this league and better than a lot of people's favorite player. So, 
it's fun to to reach you know reach and disrespect and say oh Harden this that but listen James Harden understands basketball and you're giving him Kawhi Leonard and Paul George to play next to the Russell Westbrook right. thing is going to be the the challenge here but they're former teammates right and and they have a respect for one another so I think it's going to work out. I don't say that the league should be put on any type of notice. You know, that let them let them ball out, let them do their thing. But um, they'll have to prove it. They'll have to prove it to the West. That West is tough. Oh yeah, it is. It is. And speaking of that West being tough, Kings Warriors still giving us a good show every time they play. Those Kings, they they've really in the last couple of years just stepped it up and and made a name for themselves again uh, in this strong West Coast. Um, but my question for you has to do with the Golden State Warriors. Uh, Draymond Green this week made comments about work not last year not being so fun. And it's like everyone knows what it's like when work's not fun. This year he sees everyone, you know, hooray, ha, ha, everybody's buddy, buddy this year. And it seems to be panning out. What do you make of those comments and, the, and so far the, re, the, the results of this year? You know, Draymond Green is outspoken. He has a podcast. And rightfully so. I mean, he's an all-star Hall of Fame player. Um, he deserves that right to, to express himself. And he's always been that person. This isn't something brand new. This isn't something that he kind of just came up, you know, and started being this guy. who's Like, this is who Draymond Green is. And frankly, last year was a struggle year and a down year for the Golden State franchise, as we know it in the last 10 years, simply because of locker room drama that spilled into the media and onto the Internet. And, uh as you as you alluded to like we all know when the workplace is an unhealthy environment you're not going to perform at the highest level it's it, it's tough you know they're like you you're not in the mood to do things as hard as you normally would or this that and the third and uh the Jordan Poole thing had to be done they end up getting Chris Paul for Jordan Poole Facts. like that's a win so when you can pair when you can pair Stephen Curry with Chris Paul in the backcourt um, late game scenario. Obviously, you're, you're losing out on some defense there, but um, just as far as the offensive mind goes, you know that that's got to be some of the highest IQ ball being played in the league. And you mentioned the uh, the Kings, who I'm going to be super excited watching the Kings this year. Sabonis so and Fox, Keegan Murray, Harrison Barnes has you know solidified himself there and recreated himself. Um, so you got to love it. Coach Brown is doing an amazing job with those guys. Uh, but they're still the little brother, you know, they're still not ready uh, at this point in time. Not like, you know, by the time playoffs come, we knew last year they weren't going to be ready for the playoffs. And they took Stephen Curry and the Warriors to seven games where Curry had to drop 50 points to win and, and, and continue. But uh, they were just missing, you know, some experience like you, you need to lose in the playoffs. You have to go through, you know, ups and downs uh, to, to, you know, write your story. So I think the Kings are, are almost there. And they, by the time this season ends, when we're talking in April and, and uh, March, the Kings can be there, especially if they, if they make a move at the deadline or we don't know how that's going to go. But Right now, as it stands, they're still the little brother. So shout out to Curry, shout out to Draymond, um, and shout out to Draymond being happy. I think he's at his best when he's when he's happy. So uh, he's going to be a key component for the Warriors trying to go back to that finals. Hey man, it, it, whatever they're doing, it seems to be working. You got Clay Thompson hitting game winners, and you got Chris Paul coming in playing. What is it, twenty eight minutes, giving you two points, but he had eight assists, four rebounds. Definitely contributed uh, to the success of that win. 
Um, hey, they uh, play tonight. They are five-and-a-half-point favorites at OKC in this NBA in-season tournament. So uh, we'll see what happens tonight as well, you know. Uh, we'll take five it back to the half, East. Real quick, five-and-a-half, though, is close because – I would take the I would take that bet if it were a regular season game, uh, like a regular regular season game. But this is a in season tournament. I think that the intensity is going to be up for these games. Oklahoma City is a competitive team, uh, and I wouldn't just play with my money with five and a half. That's a little that's a little too close. So that was just a thought. No, you're good. Yeah. So hey, six hours east, real quick. The Knicks. We love uh, we love to hate them, love to love them. We love to talk about them. The New York Knicks. The Julius Randle saga continues. And I got a question for you, and I have another question for you after that has to do with this NBA in-season tournament and, you know, the Knicks themselves. Uh, but should Knicks fans be criticizing Julius Randle so early on into the season? I mean, I know he had a six-point performance, but like we said, we're five games in. I mean, look, Julius Randle and the Knicks fans are always going to, like, have some sort of rift between them. I don't think that it's fair to just bash Julius Randle. This guy is one of the reasons you guys are, you know, a top team in the East, and he is a reason that you guys made it as far as you did last year. But to that same point, he is also the reason that you guys couldn't advance in the first round. Um, and he is the reason that they're getting off to this slow start right now. Shout out to Sean. Um, he was on Ian Begley's SNY show yesterday, and, and they asked him a similar question about Julius Randle and his effort. And he's saying, like, look, everybody can shoot 28% for a week stretch or whatever the case is. You know, you struggle at, at, at the free throw line uh, for a week or two. That's fine. You know, basketball is up and down. You're never going to be perfect. But when it's effort that we're concerned about, when it's, you know, not giving your 100% each play, that's when fans are going to, you know, look at you a little sideways, especially if you're not shooting or balling out up to par. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I haven't watched – I haven't sat and watched <laughs> Knicks games this season. I caught some of the Boston game. Um, I think I think this is, at this point of his career, who Julius Randle is. So, you know, love him or hate him, this is what you get. And – um if, if, love him or hate him or trade him, really. <laughs> hey, that's what it is. They are, if I'm not mistaken, five and a half point underdogs in Milwaukee tonight for this first game of the NBA uh, in season tournament. So we'll see what happens there. Let's uh, let's switch over to college football. New number one. It's hate week. Let's talk about it, June man. UM FSU preview. What do you got for me? What are you thinking? Well, we, we actually got um so we got NC State uh NC State Wolfpack this week. So we're gonna hold off on hate week. I was trying not to hold off on hate week. For those who listened our last episode, I was trying to get my hate off on them seminoles quick. And I don't mind a two week hate week period, but we do gotta focus on what's in front of us. It's NC State and this is a game that we gotta win. This is there's no question UM shouldn't put the put the breakers on these boys like the last last year tvd in 2021 uh derrick king amazing games and there's nothing the only thing i should say that's stopping me from feeling this way is that tvd has been playing pretty poorly and i don't know what he's seeing right now i don't know why he's not 
using his tight ends, why he's favoring uh, Restrepo as much as he is. But he's got to figure something out because Shannon Dawson is 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 the offensive guru that we need in Miami. He's going to let us go vertical. Um, and, and TVD just got to see the field a little better. I'm still team TVD. I haven't given up on him. I, I still think he is, you know, and a, a great talent, but he, he has to play better. There's no excuse. And I'm kind of glad we don't play FSU this week because I don't know that we're necessarily ready offensively. I want to see one more week where we can go out, put some points on the board, you know, put up over 400 yards of offense and show the country that, FSU Miami is going to be a good game if we go out and you know 17 to 14 type of game you know what's the hype going to be for UM FSU it's going to you know number four team in the country plays their in-state rival that's what it'll look like we need to put um, you know emphasis on this win so that going into hate week we can hate with 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 courage you know I'm trying to hate with courage I'm trying to hate with 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 real fire you know what I'm saying? Drop a couple f bombs and and get a, a little disrespectful Let's when I see Seminoles fans. So, um, I I expect that we get a big win this week and and the defense continue to play good. I I, I also want to see. Damn, I just stuttered, crazy. But I also want to see Mark Fletcher, true freshman, continue continue to get that ball and continue to run uh run up the middle. So that's what we. Yeah, got. I mean. Uh, I'm excited to see, uh, honestly, Cam Kitchens, man, uh, named ACC Defensive Back of the Week, took back that pick six in the second half against Virginia, finished with nine tackles in that game. That's going to be key. Um, I think the the pass rushing against the offense on both sides is also going to be a major key. Um, both of these teams, NC State and Miami, have gotten after the quarterback. Uh, I think they're like second and third in the ACC. Uh, Miami has 28 sacks. NC State has 24. Um, but the Hurricanes have only allowed eight. And... NC State's like 16. They're good for six worse in the in in the conference. So I think the pass rushing and getting after the quarterback, the defenses are going to be a huge thing. Um, we've won the last four against them, and the last time that NC State beat us at home was in 2008. So I think we'll stand on business. We'll keep it going. We'll keep it moving, and uh, and hate week will be so much better. Hopefully, Florida State loses this week, and then you know we can beat them, be both be eight and two, and. and <laughs> As much as I as much as I want them to lose, bro, it's like I want them to I want that first loss to come against Miami. Like, mm. Miami going to Dope Campbell and just really shut them up. Like, I mean, there's nothing better. Like, it's nothing better at this time of year than a UM victory over FSU. Ain't shit going on. You know what I'm saying? Football, we're at the halfway point of the NFL season. Basketball just started. Baseball, if your team ain't in the World Series, you know, you ain't really worried about it. But if FSU can lose to Miami in October or November, bro, that's just going to make holiday season that much more better. You get to talk that shit, you know, for the rest of the year. And until we play again, we probably won't play them next year. So, like, you know, not next year, but we'll we'll, uh, we'll see them next year. There it is. Hey, man, we got a, a new number one in the rankings, in the playoff rankings. There's been a lot of, you know, a lot of hearsay, say, say, a lot of uh, obviously reporting and journalism being done on, on the new rankings. Uh, what are you making? What are you making of it? We got a new number one Ohio State. Yeah, Georgia, Georgia went down. And I think it's I think Ohio State went up because of their schedule. Like they beat Notre Dame. They beat Penn State. You know, they got some some key wins there. And Georgia still went, uh, you know, they haven't lost yet, but schedule isn't too tough. Uh, the SEC isn't even as strong this year. They they beat a you know Florida team last week. That that game 
used to be fun, but Florida hasn't been the same since uh, for the last five or six years. Um, I'm. I like how they have Oregon and Washington at that five six, um, and I'll be interested to see if Washington can sneak their way into the top four. Um, I don't know the schedule for Michigan and how that looks going for the rest of the season if they play Penn State or not. But I expect Michigan to to uh, fall out of there, and that's a little bit of hate. I don't know why. It's just because they're the fake UM. But uh, <laughs> I do think Michigan falls out, and then I'll be interested to see, like, if Washington can jump in there or if Oregon with, with as great as Bo Nix has been playing and Bo Nix get his chance, you know, to play for a college football playoff. But um, Georgia – it's probably happy that they went down. They don't. They they can play the number four team. You know, they don't have to play the number uh, three team, or they can play the number three team. Not the. Mm-hmm. You know what? That makes no sense. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Hey, I got a question for you because you uh, you mentioned uh, University of Michigan hey. and. Yeah, Penn State, Michigan, November eleventh. Shout out to Peter. Shout out to everybody that's in the little um, Instagram live. But yeah, um, he said Michigan, Penn State, November 11th. So next week, not this Saturday, but next Saturday, we're going to get that's rivalry week. We're going to get FSU Miami. We'll have uh, Penn State, Michigan. Go ahead, bro. There it is. Now you're good. And, and speaking of Michigan, you know, there's uh, there's a lot going on, a lot bubbling over there. And we haven't actually spoken about this. I want the viewers to know that this is a live reaction and a live answer that June's really about to give me. Um, the sign stealing scandal in Michigan right now, man. Do you think that it should be one affecting their ranking? Uh, two, what do you make of it? I want I want to go over that real quick with you. I don't really care. I mean, I don't think you got your you got your assistant one of your assistant coaches at the Central Michigan game on the sideline with sunglasses and a mustache and a hat. And... <laughs> I mean, bro, we live in a world we live in a world of like get it how you live, and I'm not saying like you know in the sports world you should literally have that same sentiment uh yo that ice is clicking it is my fault i realized that um, uh they hit the carmelo anthony bit in me. <laughs> um i i just i know that you have to keep integrity in the game right like if, if you're a sports fan or player you should have some level of integrity where you don't want to cheat to win and um you know if you if you do you should understand that that comes with consequence um, I'll just say if they are doing something that is truly illegal for the sport, then yes, I think that the, the league should handle them accordingly. But it's not something that I'm like super uptight about, like sign stealing. Bro, this isn't, it's not like, you know, they're banging on the trash can like the Astros in the World Series <laughs> for fastballs and breaking balls. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, oh, but at the same time, maybe I haven't put enough attention to it to where I don't feel as bothered as other people do. Um, and maybe they are doing something super criminal. But at the end of the day, they're undefeated, right? Beat them. There it is. There it is. And like you said, they do have Penn State in two weeks at Penn State. next uh, This week, they host Purdue. The week after Penn State, they go to Maryland, and they finish off the season at home against number one Ohio State. So uh, we'll see. Uh, now that I look at that, I think that they'll fall off as well. But uh, we'll see what happens, man. June. <laughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> you know how the saying goes, man. What happens in Vegas on Thursday, Sundays, and Mondays does it not only not stay in Vegas, but it could get you, your general manager, your offensive coordinator, half the staff fired. The Raiders once again 
that go of half the staff start a rebuild a year and a half after the last one, and they leave a young man by the name of Antonio Pierce at the helm for the rest of the season. If you're a player like Max Crosby or Devontae Adams or maybe a prospective coach that's looking for a job, you know, next season at this point that we're halfway through the season, uh, does Vegas seem enticing to you at this point? My, real quick, bro, I'm not going to lie. They got rid of everybody over there except Devontae Adams. I, I don't get it. And I don't understand at this point why they want to keep Devontae Adams, knowing his value, knowing his his worth and what they can get back draft compensation-wise for him. It doesn't make sense. Even a guy like Crosby, I mean, you would love to keep a guy like Crosby on your team. You don't want to, like, deflate the whole organization. I understand that. But Devontae Adams has no business still putting on silver and black. He's tried you know, he, he he came because of Derek Carr. He wanted to be a Raider, still wants to be a Raider. And I respect what he said um, as far as he's like, L- listen, I want to work this out. It's, it's like I want to be here. So I'm going to keep trying different things to see what will work. Um, but I don't see a world where Devontae Adams has a successful career in Vegas. Like mm. we're watching this talent, one of the best wide receivers the NFL has ever seen, get dwindled away because he has to play with guys like, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, um, buddy that's starting this. I don't even know Buddy's name that's starting this week. I already forgot because who the fuck is he? Last year they had the guy from from Auburn, number four, and they they all they put them all in number four, like Derek Carr's number. I don't understand. So it, it's pretty sad. And I know I kind of didn't really answer your question because I just You're wanted good. to get that shit off about Devonte Adams. What were you asking me again? My fault. <laughs> uh, I said that if you're you know a star player. Uh, an all-star perennial player or again even like a coach that you know maybe you're a a positions coach somewhere else right now and you're like yo I want to go for a head coaching job next year knowing that you know Antonio Pierce might not be there after this season is over he's just I mean hopefully not I hope I hope I always hope a black man gets a gets a job you know Um, but you probably know that this is the interim head coach as it's titled right now and you're looking for a job if you're a star player if you're a prospective coach does Vegas look interesting to you look enticing to you would you want to go play or would you want to go coach and be on the staff in in vegas i mean absolutely at the end of the day first of all there's 32 of these jobs in the world and you have to remember that it could be the cleveland browns if you get offered a starting head coaching position or not starting but a head coaching position for an nfl franchise you have to jump at the opportunity if that's truly what you want to do now just to kind of get specific with vegas i mean it's Vegas. Two, it's the Raiders. This is one of the more storied franchises in NFL history. And it, the, whoever it is that does get hired next, if this thing goes well with Antonio Pierce, I hope he gets his fair share in his interview during the offseason because that'll be a, a great story. Um, but as a, as a guy that has head coaching experience or whoever the Raiders are looking for, you have to take this you know, as, as an honorable thing. And, and you have to put it on your shoulders to want to bring back glory to the Raiders, right? This is a smash mouth, historically known football team for toughness, for grit, for winning, right? Why wouldn't you want to have that responsibility? It'll be stressful as hell. But did we think Josh McDaniels was the guy for the job? No, no, not at all. Absolutely not. So, and, and to see what, what was also refreshing is to see that Mark Davis, your owner, was like, yo, I'm going to sign a $45 million check so you can get the fuck out of my office. <laughs> when he tells a head coach that, and then he shows like, yo, the GM can go too, they're truly 
wants to be changes made. You know what I'm saying? The changes are are to be made. And and as a head coaching candidate, you have to feel like, all right, well, I think Mark Davis is going to do right by me, and and he'll try to you know get the guys in the building that are going to help me turn this around. It doesn't feel like you know a, a Cleveland Brown situation with Hugh Jackson or you know one of these situations where it's just like we're going to hire you, but you don't have all the say, and you know you got to also watch out for this and that. Um, so, yeah, I, I think taking a Raiders job will be an opportunity of a lifetime. Hey, man, Antonio Pierce won a Super Bowl with the Giants this week. He hosts the Giants, and they are two-point favorites. The Raiders are two-point favorites at home versus the New York Giants. Uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Look at them now. The Pittsburgh Steelers are number two in the division after winning last night 20-16 to against you know, one of our favorite teams to talk about, the Tennessee Titans. <laughs> the frogs. On that, on that, Antonio Pierce facing the Giants in his first game as a head coach, which yeah. is very interesting. Obviously, we know he won a Super Bowl with the Giants. Um, if not two, I'm not sure if he was part of both of those teams. But um, put your money on the Raiders because Tommy DeVito starting at, at quarterback for the Giants – um, if Tyrod Taylor isn't able to make it on Sunday, they don't, they're not even going to throw the ball, but 11 times, right? And there's no way in hell you're going to tell me Saquon Barkley is going to win that game, uh, versus the Raiders. They like, they couldn't, they didn't do it versus the Jets. And, um, I don't think they'll be able to do it again. If Tyrod Taylor does play, don't take my word. You probably want to go, uh, parlay with the Giants. Uh, just to clarify, Antonio Pierce has one Super Bowl championship as a player uh, that was the against first one, 2011, right? Uh, Not 2000, 2008, but yeah, yeah, 2007 okay. season. Um, yeah, back to the sorry, back to the Pittsburgh Steelers being five and three, second uh, in the division. When uh, start the season, it looked kind of very grim. It didn't look really like a Mike Tomlin led team. Um, did you ever count them out, June? This season? Yeah. Yeah, of course. I mean, Kenny Pickett started to see, like, he's so up and down, hot and cold, and the the hot is only, f you know, but for so long. So, like, to watch Kenny Pickett week in and week out, you're like, I don't know that this team really is promising, has, you know, playoff uh, aspirations or whatever. But right now, they're sitting fifth in the AFC, right? They won last night at home. Their, that was their 18th win. That was their, listen to this stat, bro, since 2019. That was their 18th win after losing in the fourth quarter. And wow. that's coaching, bro. That's Mike Tomlin. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's, a, that's, that's a guy who's going to get at least half of the wins of the season. Um, so am I surprised how Pittsburgh's doing? I mean, I'm not necessarily surprised how they're doing because I do expect them to be uh, – a competitive team it's mike tomlin coach they have a good defense tj watt defensive player of the year over there they just need to figure it out at the quarterback position um and and then the Najee harris thing is crazy that he didn't pan out you know what i'm saying but um I, you know when it's all said and done do i believe the steelers are going to be super contenders real contenders i don't um they're not even the second best team in their division so Hey man, according to the stats, they are. They're five and three just behind the Baltimore Ravens, who uh they uh already Joe beat. Just got, Joe Burrow just got healthy. Let's 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 let that and we're gonna watch Joe Burrow play against 
Josh Allen this weekend and that Bills defense. And it's going to be a real good test to see where the Bengals are truly at versus a conference opponent who they might see later in January. Hey, man. You know what? I love it. I love the segue. Let's talk about it. Uh, Buffalo and Cincinnati this week. What does Cincinnati need to do to uh, have a repeat performance of the playoffs last year? Throw the ball to Jamar Chase. It's just that simple. He's 7'11". He calls himself 7'11". He bought the chain. You showed me. And he's always open. And it's true. Look what he did last week. Look what he did versus Arizona. What he did last week. Uh, I forgot who they played last week. But, man, Jamar Chase is just is just on a tear right now. And he's clearly the Am I am I am I crazy? Okay, second best wide receiver in the AFC. Respect to Tyreek Hill. Second best wide receiver in the AFC. Um, and he's been he's been balling all year. So I think that if if they can find him and Joe Burrow can continue to just play that healthy football that he's shown in the last two weeks, they'll they'll be just fine. Josh Allen, don't get it twisted. As as much of a turnover machine he is, and as 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 up and down as he can be, he's still an MVP type player. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. And uh, it's not going to be an easy, you know, feat going in. This was the game last year that uh, the, the unfortunate DeMar Hamlin situation happened on. Yeah. Uh, was that Sunday night or Monday night? Was that Monday night football? Or what? Oh, I don't recall. I'm not going to lie. I, I thought it was, I know, I, it was a primetime game. I think it was Monday night. but uh, For sure, primetime. I think it was Monday night. They, they canceled the – did they, they cancel the game? They canceled the game. They didn't replay it, um, and they had – I forgot what happened. They had, like, a neutral – some neutral game oh, yeah. um, at the end of the season or something. <laughs> some kind of some kind of neutral game. I don't you know. Whoops. Uh. That's my boy Matt. He said uh... – He said, shout to Will Levis. I'm not going to lie. Will Levis did play a good game versus Steelers yesterday. And to to come out in your second career NFL game, first start of your career, prime time, Thursday night in Pittsburgh versus TJ Watt and go down to the wire with, what, 15 seconds left, fourth and goal or, you know, close to close to uh, goal distance. Yeah. You know, you got to give him credit. This is a guy who the Colts, I thought the Colts might, take a chance on in the draft and if Richardson wasn't there they probably would have so I would have had to respect him as a as a fan um he just plays for the Titans so you know how I feel about that but um as Will Levis the player the rookie the second round pick I respect it and I, and I hope he has a a great career oh yeah man Bengals two-point favorites at home against Buffalo uh looking forward to um to that Sunday night game hey listen the Eagles they host the Cowboys this week both teams coming off impressing impressive Impressive wins. Uh, hey, whose game is this to lose and whose game is this to win, Julian? I think this is the Eagles game. I think this is the Eagles game to win and lose. And the reason I say that is because the Eagles, when you look at the grand scheme of things this season, you would say the Eagles are better than the Cowboys, right? Like off rip, you would probably just say that. Um, they have a top five quarterback, top three quarterback, honestly. Um, they have a top two wide receiver who some can argue is better than Tyreek Hill, A.J. Brown. He outdueled him in the matchup they played two weeks ago. Um, they have all-pro cornerback over there, Darius Slay, you know, and they also have second-year head coach. Is he second-year or third-year head coach? Um, can't even remember buddy's name. Nick Sirianni. <laughs> Came from Indianapolis. Um, 
the Cowboys are in a funny they're in a funny position right now because everybody's looking at them as as th they should you know they should be winning games and they should be great they should they have all pros right cd lamb uh, is balling over there tony pollard is a, is a baller and they got micah parsons on defense um stefan gilmore over there but the eagles have played more consistent football and it hasn't been so up and down as the Cowboys. And so the Eagles understand that they need to win this division, right? They need to win this division. They, and it's not to say they can't, you know, make the playoffs and be successful without it, but uh, just going based off last year, your best bet is to win that division and have home field in the playoffs. Because when you do have to play this team again and it's not at home, that's when you're in trouble. Uh, so the Cowboys certainly can win this game, and I don't expect it to be a bad game. I think the Cowboys are going to put themselves in position, uh, but it's it's the Eagles' game to lose, and it's also theirs to win. Uh, I absolutely agree, and we've seen both these quarterbacks perform this year, execute this year. I think this game's going to really come down um, to the wide receiving cores on both sides, and who's open, who's catching balls, who's pause, who's uh, who's dropping passes. Yeah, that was crazy. Who's catching passes, who's where they are, who's where they, they need to be when they're supposed to be there um, for those quarterbacks to, you know, to throw them those precise and those dots, as we say, and those dimes, as we say them. Um, and I'm sure the Eagles, looking at the Chiefs losing two games already, are like, hmm, we can't really drop another one right now. Eagles 3-0 at home, Dallas Cowboys 2-2 two two on the road. Uh, this is going to be one of my favorite games to watch this weekend. What about you, man? Dolphins Chiefs, bro. Dolphins <laughs> Chiefs. Well, who else? Who else cares about any other game? It's Dolphins Chiefs week. They're live from Frankfurt, Germany. You're gonna be hungover from Saturday night, waking up to to breakfast and football. And you got two of the more exciting offenses, the best quarterback in the league versus the you know the best wide receiver. The best wide receiver is playing against his old quarterback. You know Tyreek Hill has something to prove. He's already put it out to the media that. Those DBs are going to get to work over there. Um, this is shaping out to be, if not game of the year, right? Right here, right here, game of the year. And um, for the NFL to expand internationally and do their thing in London, do their thing in, in um, Mexico and now in Germany, I think it's great that <laughs> those fans are going to get to experience some of our best we have. Like, typically we're sending out Jacksonville. We'll send out the Jets on a bad year. Like, bro, they're getting Patrick Mahomes versus Tua and Tyreek Hill, Jalen Ramsey. You know what I'm saying? These these are yeah. these are big names. So shout out to uh shout out to the fans in Frankfurt. They're gonna be and you know they're gonna be loud and drunk, you know? That pregame that could you imagine tailgating for a giant uh, a Chiefs Dolphins game in Germany? Oh that'd be crazy. And here there's a big German, uh, big German fan base uh, that uh, that loves the Chiefs apparently, which is why they do it. I don't say why they're doing it in Germany, but you know, we'll see if uh, if that plays in in uh, in Kansas City's favor. <laughs> I believe they are the home team in this game, the Chiefs. Uh, yeah, they're point and a half favorites right now. So obviously this is on neutral territory. Vegas says three points is no better than home field advantage. Um, so. I think you're right. I think this could end up being game of the year. I do think I wanted to ask you, I'll answer it before you do. Um, I do think that the Chiefs are in more trouble if they lose this game. And I say that because of the remaining schedule that each of these teams have. Um, the Dolphin schedule, I don't want to call it a cakewalk, but 
it, it, it looks very pleasant. It looks like a like a nice, you know, November 3rd walk in the afternoon in South Florida, 80 degrees, very breezy. You know what I mean? Um, the Chiefs still do have the Chiefs have to come off of this bye week after this game, a bye week. And then we have a Super Bowl rematch of last year against Philadelphia um, and some other not so easy games, you know, um, off the top of my head. I can remember that we have to play the Bengals as well later on this season at home. Um, the Bills, of course, another rematch that we we might as well just move to the same division. I'm sure that they wouldn't want that, but um, we're playing them every year at this point. Um, so we have to play the Bills. We got to play Cincinnati. It's not it's not as easy of a schedule as it as Miami has left. And I think that if the Chiefs do drop this game, and you know me, I, I'm trying to be a, a more you know proud fan, but I, I think the realistic side of me, this is going to be a good game. It's going to be a close game. Um, I know that Miami flew on Monday. The Chiefs flew on Thursday. So there's that narrative again, the teams that typically yeah, yeah, are traveling. Yeah, travel. Who travels better? Yeah, who travels early on in the week are winning these games. Um, and we saw Jacksonville stay in London and, you know, execute the way they needed to execute. Yeah. So um, I'm excited for this game. Like you said, Tyrese returned uh, against Miami. He says that he's looking forward to this. Um, he is looking at it as a bit of a revenge game. So. Uh, this is going to be very interesting to see how this Chiefs defense prepares uh, for this superstar, for this, I don't even know what to call him, a machine, really, that is, uh, that is Tyree Killen. I mean, shit, if anybody should know Tyree Killen, his tendencies the most, it should be Kansas City, right? That's true. That's true, that's true, that's true. Though, we, got a, we got a Dolphins fan in the chat. I want to shout out to my boy, Matt. Um, I got a chance to link up with him. Uh and I got a chance to link up with him and uh, watch the Dolphins-Eagles game. He said 31-17 Dolphins over the Chiefs. So I'm just letting you know that. Obviously, he here is the Chiefs fan of the podcast. Um, I, I think the Dolphins – I think the Dolphins find a way to lose this game. I'm not going to lie because, you know, their record shows they don't play great against teams with winning records, right? So we're going to find out a lot about that Dolphins team and another thing you mentioned that the Chiefs have a tough schedule you guys have the Broncos on that schedule again right we do we absolutely do yeah, watch out <laughs> yeah I'm looking forward for that one too I'm not gonna you know it's gonna be a good one as well so I don't have too much uh EPL this week uh Newcastle playing Arsenal I'm looking at Newcastle as a uh, as a potential underdog this week uh what do you what else do you have I had some. I wanted to. I had to write down these um, these um, playoff picture. Obviously, we're we're only eight weeks into the season. Playoffs aren't going to start <laughs> for another half of a year or half of the season. But as it stands right now, I just thought it was pretty interesting. The AFC and the NFC uh, playoffs right now. So if we're looking at the top seven of the AFC, we got Chiefs, Dolphins, Jaguars, Ravens, Steelers, Bills, Browns. I just didn't think that. After eight games this season, we were going to see the Steelers over the Bills, the Browns in the playoff picture, and the Dolphins, you know, not to say I didn't see this, but them being at the number two seed is, is just impressive because they did it last year and they played really well all season and uh, made their playoff berth. And they're showing that it's not all hype. It's not a fluke. They have the talent, the roster. Um, Shout out to the Dolphins, bro. And then on the NFC, you got Eagles, Lions, Seahawks, Falcons. And remember, that number four team is going to be that 
NFC South champion. And right now the Falcons are sitting at four and four and they have a worse record than the Cowboys. They have a worse record than the 49ers, Vikings and the Saints. But, you know, they're winning their division. So they're going to get that berth. Now, <laughs> the Cowboys, 49ers, Vikings at five, six, seven, you know, those 49ers slipped down. They slipped mm -hmm. down. Um, they lost three straight. We talked about it in the power rankings last week. Uh, we're going to leave our power rankings as is because no football has been played. So we'll update our power rankings on Monday when we record again. Uh, oh, shit, it's Friday today. Happy Friday, y'all, if y'all listening. First of all, whoever's tapped in right now, I appreciate you listening to us, man, taking the time out your day to fuck with us and comment, like, all that. But, um, yeah, Monday we'll have the power rankings. And I would expect the Cowboy or the 49ers to jump up in that rankings and if them dolphins lose to the chiefs i'm letting you know right now if them dolphins lose to the chiefs bro they're gonna get out of that top five bro not a top five team not a top five mm. team right now if the dolphins lose to the chiefs and i hope my boy matt is sitting up here in his in his ig live still because if the dolphins lose to the chiefs they are not a top five team and the word fluke and fraud is going to start getting thrown their way and we're gonna have to figure something out and dolphins fans y'all can get on my ass about all that but y'all boys don't beat good teams, so let's see. Hey man, and uh, you know I'm glad that you know I'm glad that you that you went back to that because would you look at it? The Jets just outside of the playoff picture, and they're a lot closer than those Chargers you said would be in the playoff picture. And look at here, the Jets three and a half point underdogs at home against Justin Herbert and the Los Angeles Chargers. This is going to be little high. Hey, the Jets winning this game, going to five and three, and you know, depending on what happens in Buffalo, um, it could, it could, uh, it could get interesting for the Jets this weekend um, with a win at home against sure the Chargers. Can. So sure uh, we will uh, stay tuned to that. You had Aaron Rodgers on Pat McAfee this weekend, praising a lot of receivers, giving a, you know, apparently he spoke to um, Kirk Cousins with his Achilles tear as well. Uh, very good episode, but you have Aaron Rodgers sounding and speaking like, uh, hey, man, you, you could possibly see me. I, I know, I hope that Kevin's watching this, but uh, I heard the man speak and uh, it does sound promising. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, man. Um, but no, like I was saying, I don't have much EPL this weekend. Big game, uh, Newcastle versus Arsenal. Um, a lot of people are looking at Newcastle to upset Arsenal this week. Um, That's pretty much all I got for EPL this week. Also, um, really quick, damn, I hate to end the show like this, so I hope you got something positive to say after this, but definitely a huge rest in peace to that boy Bob Knight um, and his passing, living, well, legend, GOAT, one of the you know, greatest of all time, a savant, um, RIP, respects to him, man. Uh, one of the earliest memories I have of, of college basketball is, you know, some good memories of him te uh, coaching at Texas A&M. He's throwing a chair, man. A chair, man. That, that, that is a legend right there, man. Rest in peace, Bob Knight. Uh, I don't, don't have much of anything else. I do want to shout out, though. I got a shout out. Shout out to my, 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 my girl, Adrian, man. Shout out to Adrian. That's, that's my sister right there. It's her birthday. Um, yesterday was her birthday, but we're going to be celebrating her birthday all weekend, starting with dinner tonight. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm super excited and, and thankful for her as a friend. So shout out to Adrian. Hey, and as always, follow us on Twitter, ATS Pod, Instagram, ATS Pod Official. We out.